Hi, I'm Lori, and I want to welcome you to the Awakening Moments podcast. And I'm Rhonda. Lori and I are pastors here in Ottawa, Canada, and we're both wives, moms, and most importantly, daughters and servants of God. And it's our hope and prayer that you would have awakening moments with us as we wrestle through the hard things in life. Lori and I love that we can share our lives with you, so grab your tea or coffee and let's awaken our hearts together. I think it would be really powerful today to unpack the Beatitudes. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Let's do it. Excellent. So this is found in Matthew chapter 5, and this is when Jesus sits on a mountainside, and it says he gathers his disciples around him, and he begins to teach. So we're starting with verse 3. So what I think would be really neat, Lori, is because we have two different translations, I have the New Living Translation, which is called the NLT, and you have the ESV. I think we should each go through the verses and say them in our translation. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So verse 3, mine says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. And this one says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. Mm. And this one says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And blessed are the blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. This one's very similar. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And the last one says, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Wow. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. Wow. (laughs) Rejoice and be glad. I don't know if I am rejoicing when people are saying all kinds of terrible things about me. I know. And mine at the end says, be happy about it. (laughs) Be happy about it. Oh, wow. Like, wow, that's not really the definition of blessing or feeling blessed. If I would be honest, if I would say the definition of blessing in my life would probably not involve many of those things it's so true like when you think just generally like off the top of your head when you think or say like i i'm blessed what are you what are you saying what do you think that means exactly well for you what what comes to your mind like when you if you were to walk and someone says how are you doing you "You know what i am actually i'm so blessed i'm so blessed Mm -hmm. what do you what do you mean by that i think you to be really honest yeah you're in a place of comfort Right, right. In any way, financially comfortable, things are going smooth. Your You're relationships not, are yeah, good. Not, yeah, exactly. Oh yep. my goodness, Comfort. that's so not what Jesus is saying in this scripture. Yeah. Could you imagine him coming on the scene, like in this, and the people sitting down, and he's like, "I'm going to share with you what being blessed really is." Like, oh yeah. 
I okay, like yeah, I love that. Let's hear that. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. This would not be the definition you would have. No. And I wonder if anyone stood up and walked away and they were like, this teaching is too hard for me, or this is not what I came for. You wonder. Yeah. Like, we've been to Israel. We've seen where this took place. And I mean, the picture itself, it, it's spectacular. It's in front of the Sea of Galilee. And he would have been sitting, like standing on the hill and everyone facing the sea, him talking to them, looking at this beautiful, beautiful landscape. And here he's speaking words that are cutting right to the core of our humanity, of wanting what's easy and comfortable. And the path of least resistance is actually the path. But he's saying the path to God is full of hardship and persecution and suffering, but there's such blessing in it mm-hmm. if we choose to mm-hmm. follow. Mm-hmm. And again, like that was a persecuted people. Mm. So perhaps they would have found yeah, some comfort in the, the oppression that they were in at, you know, at the time that they were living. But at the same time, I think all of our view of being blessed or walking in blessing has to do with us being on the other side, not being in that persecution or not being mm-hmm. in that oppression, but being on the other side of it. Do you know what I mean? That's right. Like, like the relief. The relief of, right? That's but right. that's not what he's leading us to. And that's not what yeah. he's saying. And you can see so much how we've North Americanized, we've Westernized this idea of blessing, even how we talk about it, even how we use the word. We use the word I think even in the wrong context all the time, like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. I'm so blessed. I think really what we mean is like, I'm grateful. I think that's what we mean when we say blessed. Like, I think we say like, I, like, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm thankful for where I am right now or for what's happening in my life right now, or I'm thankful for peace in my life right now. Or do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think when we say like, I'm blessed that, and we, we're equating that with that sort of place of comfort or that mm-hmm. place of like everything is going well mm-hmm. there's um there's uh is such uh what's the word um not uh anyways i forget the word um like when everything you know like everything is moving in the right direction like it's <laughs> i'll repeat that <clears throat> Yeah, it doesn't mean, you know, just when things are going well, but often we have replaced that very word blessing. We've reduced it. That's actually what we've done. Mm. We've reduced the meaning of the word to something external, to something material, to something that's like happening on the outside when it's like Jesus is actually going to all of the heart spaces, the true heart spaces of our lives, where all of the pain lives, where all of the frustration lives, where you know the the places of brokenness live and he's saying no 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 you're blessed as you walk in this because mm-hmm. of your need of me that if you can recognize that you have a need of me that you are blessed i think it's so interesting too because your version says um how, how does it say like mine says blessed are what does yours say like god blesses those god blesses those so i think it's interesting too because as i was reading like blessed are I feel like as what he's doing here is he's he's um, speaking a position of blessing over us. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like not, um, it, he, he's not saying he's, well, your, your version is saying it a little bit differently, but I don't think, I don't think it means that if you do these things, he's, he's 
almost speaking a position over you that Mm -hmm. in this place, when you recognize your need of me, you are blessed. That's your position. Mm -hmm. Your position is blessing Mm -hmm. because of me. Mm -hmm. Your position is blessing when you're in mourning because you have need of me, because I can give you comfort. I can actually, I'm the only one that can give you the comfort that you need Mm -hmm. that can fill what it is that you're that you're mourning over so I think that's such a cool idea of position a position of blessing as opposed to blessing coming from all kinds of external things that shift and change all the time it's so powerful and you know Jesus is setting up when you look at the story and even you look at the play the situation of the Jewish communities in this time they were under such an oppressive rule that they were believing for a messiah to come in like a warrior, like literally like a king. Yeah, violently overthrow. Overthrow. And he is actually coming in this way, like literally coming in a way opposite to what they're expecting. And you see all through Jesus' teachings as he's starting to set this stage of like, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to, all these wrong things are going to be said about me. I'm actually going to be persecuted. Like it's coming. They have no idea, but he knows the kind of kingdom he is setting up here on earth because it is going to be the kingdom of a new way of a spirit. It's a new birthing of something new. But in this time, it's just beautiful when you know how the story unfolds, when you're reading the Beatitudes, I'm like, this is amazing how Jesus is bringing us to a place of the cross. This is actually leading us to the cross of that the humility of the, the cross humility. and he's breaking down the law. Like he came to fulfill the law like this. The Jewish would the community would have followed the Torah and followed the rules and the, all of that, that the law laid out to be righteous before God. But he's actually setting a new kingdom to say, I am the righteousness of God. I'm the fulfillment of God. And this is how God is going to bless you. You're going to receive these things, but I'm going to model this for you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to lay, I've laid aside my divinity to actually walk this out that you'll be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And God has already put you in the position of being blessed. And I'm going to show you how to do that. And so I'm so grateful that all that we read about what Jesus says, he did, he modeled so that we can do it. We can live through the spirit of God, be able to live this way. I know that's off track here, but no, I'm, always, that's so good. I'm always touched by that. When I think like Jesus spoke these words on earth with his feet on the ground, laying aside his divinity, like he laid aside all of it to become like a man. And he literally operated through the power of the Holy Spirit that he showed us we're going to live that way. And so these beatitudes are not impossible but they're through the spirit of God that we can do this. Yeah. We can do it. Yeah. It's pretty neat when you think of too, right? Because the children of Israel, the Jewish people, they were praying for their Messiah. They were, they I mean, they spend all day, every day praying for the return of the Messiah. And here Jesus is, and they don't know, like they yes. don't know here that he is the Messiah. They don't know that. And so he's coming and he's teaching this way. And and I I wonder how the message was received. Like I I. I don't know that they would have gotten a revelation of who he was as he was teaching, but they would have had a choice as they were listening to believe it or not to believe it. They, they would have had a choice as they're sitting and listening. And probably I would imagine that something in their spirit was probably being stirred, but that they would have to make a choice, a decision to believe that this is the way to blessing, believe that these kinds of difficulties and oppression 
Christians are part of the blessing that God wants to bring to our lives. And I feel like it's very similar for us today, even with the word of God. I know we have a revelation of Jesus through the Holy Spirit now because the Holy Spirit's been poured out. But for so many of us, I feel like as we read the word of God, we often approach it with that mindset. Like, I'm not sure if I believe this is the way. Mm. Or even if we read the words and we would say, yes, it, you know, it's the Bible, it's true. Do we live like we believe it? Right. Mm. And again, this is what's challenging this whole idea of blessing. Like, would we rather live the North American, the Westernized version of blessing? Is that what fundamentally in who we are? Is that what we really believe blessing is? Because almost every time we find ourselves in a place in our life where there is a lot of hardship, we question, has God's blessing left my life? Like we question Mm -hmm. the whole, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? The whole idea around blessing and around God's favor and around God being with us when really all of those kinds of difficulties are meant to bring us to our knees to recognize our utter need of Christ. And in that place, we are operating in a position of blessing. But do we believe that? Do we live that? So again, I wonder if we are just like the people he was teaching that day, that we sort of take this with, hmm, I'm not sure. I'm not Mm -hmm. so sure that this is the way I'd rather have an, uh, I'd rather have somebody come and violently overthrow, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like the works of whatever, the works of darkness in my life, the, the things that are oppressing me, I'd rather have somebody come and violently overtake. And he's saying, no, I'm going to come and I'm going to lay down my life. I'm actually going to come in the, the most of humility that I have to bring. And I'm going to lay my life down for your sake. Do do you know what I mean by that wrestle of like receiving that message? Mm -hmm. Like it's challenging because again, and and this message goes against everything that sort of the world, you know, sort of the, the, the message of the empire. Yes. It's the opposite message. You know, it's like, go get yours. You deserve it. You know, doesn't matter who you take down to get it. Like this message of the world and self-help and self-actualization and like all of these, like this self-focus independent, Mm -hmm. you know, is what makes you strong and powerful and all these things. And Jesus is literally saying, no, no, Mm -hmm. I'm calling you to be humble. And in that place, you are blessed. It's Mm -hmm. the position I've given you. Oh, it's challenging. It is challenging. That is a that's that's a beautiful take of just even how you kind of summarized how this word can be very challenging, a lot of tensions in your own heart. And the thing is, we're not, I, I think we're also saying like there is those tensions. We're not saying that we don't in the spirit step into places of boldness. That's not what we're saying that we're, but it's saying we come from this place, from the what Jesus is doing for us, in us, through us. And from that place of humility, that's the posture of blessing and authority is walking in this way. We want to be blessed by God, but to be blessed by God, there's a cost. And what the cost is, is everything. But what you get in return, everything, everything you could ever want, because it's not about the external, like we're saying it, but there is a cost. Exactly. There's a cost to our pride. There's a cost to our individualism. There's a cost to what I want, what I think, our own ambition. There's a cost. 
There is a laying our lives down. And that's exactly what we're saying. Jesus did and modeled. And if Jesus was able to do it, like, I love that you were saying, like, we often can look at and say, "Mm, I'm not sure if I believe that. And we can also say, I'm not even sure if that's possible. I can't do that. In this situation, there's no way I can do that. If you knew my story, there's no way. And we're not talking about not standing up for things, but it's not out of a place. It's from where that posture and things that spirit comes from, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's always that mode, that heart that motive. motive, that heart motive. It's not the external thing, but it's that, that heart posture. Again, are we trusting God? Are we trusting God yes. in all of those, those places? Like that's, yeah. Like Jesus has established a position of blessing that transcends everything in the natural realm. Anything that we cannot bring to heaven with us is not where true blessing lies. Mm -hmm. Anything on this earth that we can't bring with us into eternity, that's not the place where true blessing lies. True blessing does not live in anything we leave behind in death. True blessing comes when we understand how much we need God. True blessing is walking in the transformation of grace. And that's exactly what these beatitudes are trying to lead us towards is the transformation that comes through the grace of Jesus, through the grace Mm -hmm. of the cross and our recognition of being in need of him. So if we broke down each one of them, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What for you, like, what does that mean to you? Well, I love that it starts out with that. Recognizing you're poor. Like we, we cannot buy salvation. We cannot pay the debt of sin that we owe, but can't we earn it. we can't earn it. We don't have anything to offer for that, to pay that back. But God says, blessed are those who are poor and realize their need of him. I love that so much. Oh, that's how it opens. So much spiritual beggars spiritual yeah. beggars. I love, I, I love that idea oh. because again, like when, when you walk around in any, in any large city and you see people begging on the street, like there is this idea of like, wow, like that's the lowest of the low. Yeah. Like it doesn't get much lower yeah. than needing to beg for, yeah. you know, for bread. Yeah. But that's the position that Jesus yeah. is calling us yeah. to recognize like at his feet, like you are, like we are bankrupt, bankrupt without you. So we're poor and we realize your needs. So I feel mm-hmm. like exactly mm-hmm. what that says, mm-hmm. realizing our need for him. Mm-hmm. So. And it's so interesting too, how he talks about inheriting the kingdom, because I think we want all the benefits of the kingdom, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Without truly receiving the message of the king. Mm. We want the benefits of abundant life. We want to walk in love and joy and peace. We want to have peace in everything. We want all the comfort of the kingdom, but we don't want to give our lives. We don't want to give our lives for it. Mm. You know, we don't want to die. We don't want to die to ourselves and die to the things we're holding tightly to um, for those comforts. It's, yeah, that's a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. Uh, Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. I know I read it when we were re- going through this, um, the Beatitudes for today, I was reading through a concordance about those who mourn and it just, it was just stood out to me that it said in my concordance, those who mourn are not necessarily people in bereavement, but those who can also experience the sorrow of repentance. Wow. 
So blessed, you know, God blesses those who mourn. So you may be going through loss and God will comfort you. Absolutely. There's nothing more intimate than the hand of God and the comfort of God enveloping you. But God will also comfort you with the cross and the finished work of the cross. And we come with repentance and we mourn our sin, that we actually see our sin for what it is. And we don't you know, reckon we don't kind of put sin in different categories. Like this is just, this is not too bad. This is bad. No sin is sin. And we recognize the destruction and the pain that sin brings us, but brings God's heart because sin separates us and we mourn that separation. We mourn what sin does and we come, but we will be comforted because there has been made a way. And that's the comfort. The cross has made a way. So blessed are those who mourn. So blessed are you when you repent. Blessed are you when you confess because you'll be comforted. Hope will be given. Forgiveness will be given to you. That's so good. That is really good, Rhonda. I also love that comforted could also mean healed. So it's not just comforted like from the perspective of like as I'm sad or as I'm going through loss or as I'm even grieving my own sin Mm. that that God's going to make me feel better. It's no, he's actually going to lead me to a place of healing in that brokenness. Like that's so powerful. But the most important part is recognizing that we need healing in the first place. Again, it brings us back to that very first one, recognizing our need of God. And I know for myself, like if I'm just really honest, like that's a hard, that is a hard place. Like that's a place where my pride wants to always have this place. Like if somebody says to me, like, how are you doing? Or I don't like to admit that sort of need space, or I don't like to admit that, like I'm in need of healing, you know, I don't like to admit it when I'm in it, you know, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm good, no, I'm doing okay, you know, Mm -hmm. surviving this, you like just want to project this like stronger exterior, or again, for me, sometimes I even just bury that sadness, I bury it down so that I can't really feel it, but it's there. And just that recognition that I need God to heal me. I need his comfort, not just his comfort to make me feel better, but I need his healing. I need him to heal that those broken spaces in my heart and in my life. And, but I do love, like it helps me, it helps me to deal with it. And it helps me to admit to it when I know that it comes from a posture of Christ wanting to establish me as blessed. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that, that those are equated together. I'm like, okay, I want that. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's like a motivation to be like, okay, no, this is, this is where blessing comes. Okay. I want that. I need to get in touch with that. Yeah. I need to get, get better at getting in touch with that yeah. and being in touch with that faster. I know. I love that. How would you think, like, for God blesses who are humble, for they will inherit the earth? Yes, God blesses the humble. God blesses the meek. I mean, I, I, I think that is so beautiful, and it truly is the desire and quest of our whole walk of faith is to walk in humility. I do think it's interesting that it says they will inherit the earth. The first one is the, they will inherit the kingdom. The poor in spirit will inherit the kingdom of heaven. And the humble or the meek will inherit the earth. Mm. What do you think that's about? Wow, that's a that's a really interesting one. I've never really thought about that before. What does that mean? Inherit the earth. Now, it could mean, well, not that it could. We're going to rule and reign with Christ. Could it mean that kingdom when God establishes his kingdom, there will be, I don't know. I, I'm just saying this from a theological, you know, there is a kingdom coming. We know that. Jesus will return. He will rule and reign. 
And it will be those that are humble, that have followed him, that have laid their life down, that they will inherit the whole earth. Could it be the ruling and reigning with Christ when his kingdom is established, when he comes? Is that what we're talking about here? Um, I don't know, Laura, what do you think? That's a really good one to unpack. So the ESV study says, um, the meek are the gentle, those who do not assert themselves over others in order to further their own agendas in their own strength, but who nonetheless will inherit the earth because they trust God to direct the outcome of events. So it sounds like it's addressing, um, you know, I love that eternal perspective that you just brought there, but I also love the idea of, you know, our humility our humility is how we win on earth too, in relationships, yes. in how we, right, in God's kingdom, like in, as a part, if we're a part of God's kingdom, that's how we win. But it is the exact opposite um, in the system of the world, in the, in the yes. system of the empire. It's not humility, it's power, it's um, oppression, it's, you know, having to be over top of and ruling. Whereas I think Christ is constantly bringing us to a place of humility, serving one another, Mm -hmm. thinking of ourselves less, not thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought. Mm -hmm. All of that beauty, I think is, yeah, that's really powerful. That's really powerful. powerful. Okay. God blesses those who are, who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for Mm -hmm. righteousness. I mean, that is, oh, I, I think that's a supernatural God fills us with a supernatural hunger and a supernatural thirst for righteousness and justice for things to be made right in the world. Um, I think it's the space where we wrestle against good and evil, like good and evil. Like we wrestle with it even in our own spirit of Mm -hmm. like, we know things are not as they should be and we don't have the power in ourselves to make them right, Mm -hmm. but we hunger and long for a place for a world that is just. We long for a world that is righteous. And the only way that we can find it now is to walk in it ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like we can't control anybody else, but Mm -hmm. if we walk in righteousness ourselves, if we walk in uh, repentance and confession, if we are laying down continually, you know, the the sinful ways or the disobedience um, of our lives, I think we can on earth as it is in heaven, experience uh, the the fullness of those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, but um, not in its fullness until the time to come. That's that's my thought on it. I think I agree with that, and I also want to add to that. You know, even with the systems that we have in place on earth for justice, even if something terrible has happened to you or someone you loved, what the courts rule in the justice of law will never satisfy where you feel that should be it's true it doesn't satisfy because that you cannot take back what's happened you cannot have that person come back like all of the things that the court of law that kind of justice it's literally like the scraping of the of the top like it's nothing it's so small it's something that needs to happen but the actual real satisfied justice comes to know that our king will make all things right. Yeah. That the justice hungering and thirsting for what's righteous, for what's really just 
we have to, it's a healing work in our heart to trust the King, to trust God, that he will truly, truly have the final say. And that we can be satisfied to know that this is not forever, this earth, that God sees all, knows all, but also that the real satisfied heart and spirit that's healed will come from the justice and the righteousness of God to heal those spaces in our yes, hearts. Yes, Real justice yes. has to come to our hearts in the form of Jesus yes. and what he's done for us because we can live in such bitterness and unforgiveness and pain because the justice of this world or even the laws of this world will never, ever satisfy true justice. We long for it. There will be a day when that kingdom is established, absolutely, but in this now, in this time now, we have to have that healing and the trust in the true king, the justice that he can bring eternally, but also to have healing in our own heart. And he will satisfy us. He will satisfy us. He will heal us and he will keep us in him. So I think that's really powerful. It's our only hope for satisfaction hope. in it. It yeah. really is. Yeah. It's our only hope. There is no other hope for satisfaction um, when it comes to righting the wrongs of the world, right. there's nothing on this earth that can actually right them except the cross, except the redemption yeah. of, of Jesus, the blood that he shed for us. Yeah. So I think that's, yeah, I think that's, anyway. that's a beautiful hope. Yeah. It's that's a beautiful. a beautiful hope. Now God blesses those who are merciful for they will be shown mercy. Again, this is definitely a prophetic statement that he's mm -hmm. making. Mm -hmm. Like he's making a prophetic statement to say every you know, I have come, I am here to show everyone mercy. I'm going to lay down my life and show you all mercy, cover your sin, cover your brokenness, heal you, redeem you, reconcile you to the father. And so you, so too, you will be blessed if you show others the same mercy I've showed you. Mm. Like it's, they don't know, we don't know, we don't recognize, but that's what he's, that's what he's speaking to, which is, Wow. Wow. He's about to do this. Like he's, he's living this way, but he's actually do the ultimate yes. example of the cross for Yes. Yeah. He's about to yes. lay his life down. And not just and not just going to. He is going to, which is the ultimate, but has always as well. Yeah. Even through the law. Like yeah. before it was yeah. through the law. He has always shown mercy when we didn't deserve yeah. mercy, but he's going to fulfill it mm. uh in the cross in this mm -hmm. moment, mm -hmm. which is actually going to establish the blessing that will come to us as we show others mercy. Um for yeah, <laughs> for the small things they do against us compared to the large debt that he has, you know, paid for us. Beautiful. I love it. And so next we go on to bless God blesses those whose hearts are pure for they will see God. Wow. That for they is, shall see God. Wow. That's a beautiful promise. That is a, that's beautiful, a beautiful promise. promise. And I think that is the prayer. That's like a deep, deep, deep heart prayer for all of us, Lord, like purify my heart. Like may I be pure of heart, you know, may the motives be exposed in my heart. Mm. Uh, may I walk in holiness. May I walk in fear and mm. on reverence of you, God, you know, that's our, that's, that's the, that's a beautiful prayer, a cry, a cry of our heart, you know, because it we do, is. we want to see God. Like we want to see him for who he is, not through our own false lens of our own brokenness. Totally. And you know, what's really amazing is that even as you're saying that, you know, when Jesus goes on to say, if you, if you've seen me, you've seen the father because he's part of the divinity. He's a Trinity. He's the son, he's the only son of God, the only the one and only. And so he's saying here, God blesses those whose hearts are pure because when they will recognize pureness of sin, will the purity will come by receiving what Jesus is going to do 
through the blood of Christ, like through his own blood, he's going to wash away our sin and make us pure, make us the righteousness of God. We will see God. We will see that Jesus is our savior. We will see God because Jesus said, if you see me, you see the father. So when we receive the gift of salvation and we see what Jesus has done, we are seeing literally God, like the work of God for us. And Jesus is actually saying to them, when I shed my blood and you believe that I'm the son of God, you are going to see God. Like you're going to see God. You have prayed in the temples. You have gone to priests. You have never had the type of relationship with God that you have craved for. The law was to, I'm going to fulfill in the promise what the law has promised would come. I am that fulfillment. But when I shed my blood and you are actually purified, you are going to see God. You are going to have a relationship with God. In the spirit, it says we can boldly come to the throne room of God. We can see God in our spirits and commune with God. Yeah. Blessed are the pure in heart those that receive the gift of the cross because pure when it means is to be without blemish, clean, undefiled. And that can only come through Jesus. Wow. So I just was just taken when you were just sharing that. I was like, this is actually, he's actually saying, you're going to see God. You're actually going to realize who I am and you're going to see God. So good. Oh my goodness. And seeing God, like seeing, seeing is knowing. Like seeing is knowing, like when, you know, you're in relationship with someone and all you desire is for them to see you, you mean for them to know you, for them to really like know you, to get you, to understand you. And that's exactly, we want, we want God to remove any veil over our eyes, any blinders over our eyes from seeing him Mm. and knowing him the way that he is to be known. Mm -hmm. Because to see him and to know him is to believe him, Mm. is to believe that in him, all the things that we need are possible all the things that we need are found Mm. in him and so I love that idea of seeing and knowing but it's a knowing it's that intimacy right that intimacy again knowing in the bible is always intimacy it's always even recognized by you know a a husband and wife intimacy like it's Mm. a deep deep closeness of oneness Mm -hmm. so it is again that drawing into oneness that's That's beautiful yeah that is so beautiful So God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Yes, the peacemakers. And I love that it says, for those who work for peace. Yeah. Peace doesn't come naturally to us. Yes, Like we are naturally, we fight for not to be together or there's lots of... Well, we fight for our way. Our way, our own way of thinking. Yeah. So we have to work for peace. I love that, that it says work for peace. Yeah, it is. Intentional about it. Yeah, because I think peacemakers need to work for peace. It's not just peacekeepers. It's peacemakers. Like make peace, work for peace, strive and work to bring peace, to make peace in all things. And we see this thread throughout the throughout scriptures that we're a call as believers that we're to do this. We're mm-hmm. to walk into every situation and make peace, which means all of these play into each other. We have to humble ourselves. Yes. The only way we can truly make peace is if we humble ourselves, yeah. is if we humble ourselves before a holy God, yeah. lay down our rights, lay down the, our, our own way before the Lord. We are spiritual beggars. Once again, it oh. takes you right back to the first. We are poor in yes, all of these areas, yes, aren't we? Yes, yes, And then here we go. This one is God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Wow. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all, all kinds of evil against you and f- falsely on my account. 
This is specific persecution about believing in Jesus. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. I think in this moment, you know, as, as Jesus is teaching this, he's trying to give us an eternal perspective. Mm. You know, he's trying to give us an eternal perspective on our suffering that, you know, when we suffer for Christ, when we suffer in this, uh, you know, in this earth and even the suffering that comes from dying to ourselves, the suffering that comes from, you know, laying down our rights when maybe even sometimes we're not wrong, but for the sake of Christ and for the sake of peace, you know, we lay down, we walk in humility, we walk in all the things he's calling us to walk in, in here. Your reward will be great in heaven. He's trying to give us an eternal perspective that, you know, don't seek up treasures for yourself here on earth, you know, that moth and rust destroy that aren't going to last, that you can't take with you into eternity. This is but a vapor. We're here for such a short time Mm -hmm. in light of eternity, in light of what Mm -hmm. is to come. Mm -hmm. And so I think he's trying to bring an eternal perspective to our suffering, to the things that we endure here, not to lose heart, not to be overwhelmed, consider it pure joy when we face trials, you know, because it's mm-hmm. producing endurance. It's actually preparing us for the life to come. Mm-hmm. It isn't just for this life. It is actually a preparation of our character for the life to come, of who we're going to be and what we're going to walk out in the life to come, which again, that eternal perspective on why, I think it helps us to endure. It does. To not lose heart. Because we do see our world, like we we see it very temporal because we are, we see but like a like through a glass like through a mirror it says we just see impartial like we we're very limited in our view but god sees everything from the eternal perspective so our lives here on this earth are directly linked to the eternal it's not like they're separated it's like together but for us it is separated it's like this is my life yeah no it's actually not yep. your life and my this present is, is everything like what's <laughs> happening this pain yeah. right now that i'm in right, right now it's like takes up all the space yeah whereas god sees the entire t- like the entirety of eternity we see but like a tiny like faded glass like little gr- piece of grass and this becomes our focus and god is saying have the eternal perspective as you act this way i see i record i i'm with you and uh, lay your life down. I think that's so powerful, the eternal perspective, as you're saying that, Laura. And I think even with the name, like we can get really upset when people say things about us because, of course, it's our reputation. Of course, it could be like even if we are right, even if we are wrong and we take on the place that the posture of pride, what we're doing is defending our name. We're defending what we believe is a right, an entitlement versus right from verse three. Blessed are those who are poor. We actually don't have rights. We actually don't have that. Now, God will lead us in wisdom and lead us, but it's we're talking about here the posture of the heart has nothing to do with how God asks us to walk things out. That comes from first a posture of heart. The overflow in what we do is from here, from our spirit first. And this is what Jesus is getting right to that place of laying your life down, coming from that posture of humility, that my name is the greatest, that you considered a joy for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I mean, I'm reading a book right now on the persecuted church. I've been reading it, the same book, for about three, four months now, even longer than that. And it's giving me such a perspective of what the persecuted church has and continues to go through. But you know, we all have a different journey of persecution. And whatever that may look like, that cost, we have to embrace that. 
For some, it's people's lives. Literally, it's imprisonment. It's many things. For us, it could be in the workplace. It could be us standing up and being made fun of because we're that religious, crazy person, whatever it may be said. It could be having a really tough conversation with someone that we love and we've been holding off. We know it's something we have to say or whatever it may look like. We have to stand and we have to lay our lives down and be obedient in those moments. And so when we sometimes look at these things, we think, well, people aren't mocking me or I'm not being persecuted or people aren't saying wrong things about me. Not, we don't go. Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But in those moments, how many times have you maybe not said something or you felt that prompting? I know that happened to me the other day. I was standing in a line at Ikea returning on a crazy Saturday morning. Why I did that, I don't even know. And it was so busy. And I ended up talking to this guy and he was just talking about, you know, the situation of the like COVID and how it it's on the good and the bad. And so there, he doesn't believe in karma. And I just felt this, like my spirit say to say something. And it was like, I was looking for every distraction and be like, oh, I just don't feel like he's in the space. He's probably gonna get really upset. And I held back. In that moment, I knew that I was disobedient. Like I got in the car and I was like, Lord, I missed an opportunity to share the gospel of Christ. Even if I looked foolish, even if you'd be like, this lady's crazy and I'm stuck in line because everything in my mind was like, well, I'm going to be in line with him now for an hour. So maybe he's going to be like, this will be super awkward if I just step right in and just start. But you know what? I, I step back. And those are those moments that, you know, what if he would have said like, you're crazy. Like, why would you even say that to me? What was I afraid of? Well, what I was afraid of is I didn't want to look foolish or I didn't want to tick him off or look like I was some kind of crazy person or honest to goodness in that moment. That is the humble. And I got in the car and actually was like, Lord, I am so sorry. I missed an opportunity. What if I was to lead him right to Jesus right there in the line? And I missed that opportunity because I just missed it. Totally. And so those, honestly, this is where, even as I'm reading this, it's that simple. Like we've got to not be afraid to speak up. We don't know if it's the opportunity for someone to come to know the Lord, or it could be an opportunity that someone makes fun of us. So what? So what? Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's so true. That's so good. And you know what? You know that God's grace abounds. And so it's someone else will share the message. God will put it on on someone else's heart to share the message that you were supposed to share that day. But you know what? He'll give you another opportunity too. Yes. He'll give you another opportunity. That's right. Like he's so gracious in that way. But yeah, that recognition is so, so true. I love to though, as we, you know, prepare to close this, this part of the conversation, um, I just love how, you know, Jesus is framing this entire teaching around blessed are. Again, it's back to that position of blessing. The truth is, the capital T truth of Jesus is that if we walk this way, as we walk this way, our promise and our position is blessing. So we win. This is the winning side. This is the winning side. And Jesus is trying to give us keys to the kingdom. He's trying to give us keys to how to live in the fullness Mm -hmm. of life, the fullness of abundant life and the kingdom. And this is how. Mm -hmm. It's not the way of the world. It's Mm -hmm. not the way of the empire. It's not the way that even when you call your best friend and you tell your best friend what happened and your best friend's like, what? I can't believe they did that to you. You need to give them a piece of your mind. You need to da-da-da-da. And you need to, you know, and you step into this position of all your rights. Guess what? that will only produce death in your life. That will only produce death. That will produce turmoil, resentment, Mm -hmm. bitterness, all of these things that will not bring about life. But if you walk in these ways, Jesus is saying you are blessed 
this is the winning way. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. the winning way. But again, we have to believe it. Yes. We have to walk in it. But it's the winning way. It's yes. the better way. It's the way of love. It's the way of Jesus. It's the way of the kingdom. And again, every, uh, uh, choose you this day, life or death. I give you the choice. You get to choose. And Jesus is saying yet again, here, you want to be blessed? This is who is blessed. This is the position of blessing. Right. This is how you win. This is what you need to walk. But this is hard because this fights our pride. This fights our own selfish ambition, our own rights, all of those things that were, you know, even in this conversation, we're wrestling with this mm-hmm. because this mm-hmm. is hard. It this is, is hard. hard. We have to die to ourselves to walk in every single one of these ways. But this is the winning way. This is the way of life. Yeah. So I think that's a powerful thing. So the question I leave you with today is, do you have confidence, full confidence in God that this is the winning way? Is your confidence in him that you can walk in this way with his help? I love that. And do you want to make him the king of your heart? Are you crowning him as the king of your heart that you will see that you are poor? You will see that you are desperate need of him, that you want to live for his name alone and to be able to shout for one king, to give him the kingdom of your heart, that space, that territory. So today, may you make him the king of your heart, the king of your life. And I know that is my resolve today. I say that. Jesus, you're king. And so we want to walk in that kingdom and we want to walk in this truth. And through the Holy Spirit, we can. That's right. We can. Because he has confidence in you. And he has crowned you as children of his own. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. It would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a review. You can follow us on Instagram at Awakening Moments Podcast. And you will find Lori and I at Lori Eitz Boucher and Rhonda.Corto. We'd love to connect with you.